Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah, we are here. Okay, awesome. Anyway, how are you ladies tonight? Good, good. Um, I have with me tonight, I have Miss Erica and Miss Lala. And that's all my peeps are going to get. But I'm going to give you each a second to kind of introduce yourself. What do you want the world to know about you? Before I tell them the truth. <laughs> so I have Miss Erica on the phone right now, and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit. Um, this is one of those casual kind of get-together podcasts, so who knows where it's going to go tonight, but um, it's going to be fun regardless. Miss Erica, tell us about you. I don't know what to say about that. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how old you are, if you don't mind. I'm 32 years old. Nice. Single? The guys want to know. Um, it's complicated right now. Okay. That's always a good answer, too. No commitments there. Right. Awesome. And Miss Lala, how are you tonight? Good, good. What can you tell us about you? Single? Yes. Okay, so I have a couple of single ladies on the line tonight with us. So tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about relationships and uh, friendships. All kinds of relationships. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's lovers. But regardless, we're going to be talking about the dark side of it. You know, the not so nice stuff maybe kind of see where that goes we don't name names how about I say that but you know if somebody's listening <laughs> you know they might they might find themselves here and go hey I think that's me maybe I should change my attitude but uh, what's some of the things that uh, neither one can answer but what, what are some of the things that I would say bother you the most let's just start in general general with say friendships today like what are you thinking about in general over the last couple of years? How have relationships, friendships changed? I think for me it's loyalty. Um, a lot of people don't take friendships serious anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they used to. It was more close, tight-knitted back then. And now it's just everybody's calling everybody friends, but there's no loyalty behind right. actually being friends. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'd have to agree with that. You get that a lot in the more the older people than the young crowd now. You think it's older people that are kind of be, yeah. just being shady and dismissive? And why do you think? Why do you think that it's turning like that? What What's been the biggest thing that's happened over the last couple of years that has everybody so on edge and just? bitchy if I could say bitchy it could be entitlement you think so I think there's a lot of entitlement a lot of people think because they're older they're allowed to say whatever they want to whoever they want and they've earned it <laughs> yeah pretty much right okay I think if you but want okay. if you want to hear what I thought about that I think mm-hmm. I've noticed it in particular, like now, everyone's talking about how the country and the world and whatever is so divided at this point. 
it's not really a left and right thing anymore as much as it, as it to me, in my opinion, is did you get the poke or didn't you? Oh, you didn't? Well, you can't come to my house for Christmas, that kind of thing. So I know I'm dealing with that in my own family. There's, you know, some family members that don't want the non-poked people to come to their home as if we're dirty. You know oh, what I, I mean? Segregation tactic. Yes. And you know exactly where that's coming from. And we'll break that down. But that is what I've noticed. And and it's sad. It's really, in my personal opinion, I think it's pretty sad that um, no one really has any evidence of anything. No one has showed me any kind of evidence. But yet here we are, you know, looking at yeah. each other like we're just, what do they call them? The unwashed in some countries? I have no idea. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's I think it's in India. It might be in India and, and they have like there's the wealthy and then there's the unwashed. Like like mm. the peasants, you know, the dirty people. They're out there in the streets and whatever. Yeah. So that's what it's it comes right? right. It's a new pre- new peasants. Exactly. That's what comes to my mind. That's all right, I'm a peasant. I'm okay. <laughs> So let's talk about relationships. Um, as far as, um, do you find that it's easier meeting people these days? Not so easy to meet people and and get involved with people. Like I feel like we're living in a generation of swipe left, swipe right. Right, and this generation is always killing and molesting and. Yes. You don't come with a truck nowadays. Like, really, you don't. You got to do your own research, like, get through the FBI. You're the FBI? <laughs> I know. I feel like For that, real. too, right? And you can't I even trust you. Google anymore, right? Mm-hmm. You got to call around to ex-girlfriends and all that. You got to get the information you need before you start dating. Oh, my God. <laughs> Me, if... personally, I'm not looking <laughs> Right, me but neither. I feel like a lot of people made access to having a boyfriend or having a girlfriend really easy. There's no requirements. There's no standards. Everybody's just pretty much dating them. I would agree with all of that, with all that you just said. And and as far as the uh, being a detective and FBI and all that, if I got to do all that, I don't see my time's much more limited on this earth, I would say, than trying to do all the investigative work. I get where you're coming from with that, Erica. I totally get it. I understand that. No, I would still do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm that. Still playing CSI. Six months to a year, and then after that year, it will be like, but well, damn, it's not the same person out on mm-hmm. that. Like, what's fucking changed? It's like, they just change so fast. But do you think that's always been? Do you think that? Do you think that's always been like that though? Like you get with somebody and then you're with them for a while and then, like they change up on you and you're like, wait a minute, who who are you? Yeah. I think that's just natural. I think the guards are let down, right? We let our guards down, and then the real one comes out and you're like, I I don't even know this person. And then you come around and you meet somebody that ready to do right and you don't know how to treat them because you're used to being treated a certain way it's just like you don't know how to treat a good man that's being shown yes exactly exactly I find that's not right now like okay 
running them away or I, I don't know at this point. So you, you kind of sort of have gotten to the point with this individual where you're like, do I stay? Do I go? I hate that spot. I personally hate that spot. A person could want to stay, but they're scared to open themselves up because they're afraid of being hurt like the last person or the last few people may have done them. So what what do we do with that? Like what what do we do with that? Like um, I've been through something similar like that before, and a lot of people won't admit to it, but I will. I actually put myself in counseling for it because I had to heal myself first before I could. I love put that. Myself out there. I love and that. Love else, so. And did and did it work out? I mean, right now I'm choosing to be single because of all of what I see. When it comes to relationships, so I do feel like when I do decide to jump back in the scene, that I will be a better person than I was in a relationship. I like that. More people should do that. I know after I got divorced years ago, I found myself for about seven years in some group therapy for codependency because someone kept talking about that. And I'm like, what is that? You know? So I thought I would start to discover, like, what is codependency? What does that mean? And I guess I was very codependent with the husband because whatever he would do that probably wasn't, like, a good thing, I would just cover for him. I would make excuses, you know, like, for his behavior. That was codependency. And I was like... I guess I do do that, you know. So then I, I started digging into it a little deeper and getting some therapy on that. And then I started looking at everybody like that. So it has a double-edged sword, right? Because you're like, okay, so that guy, yeah, he's like that. Or, you know, if you're the guy, that girl, she's, yeah, she's like that. But then what happens if we stay too long and we don't learn and then jump out and get back out there and try to do it? And that's, that became my problem at that point because now I took myself completely out of the market because now I'm looking at everybody like that. Like, everybody's codependent. So now what, you know? I think it's good that you recognize it because you know. I could see them a mile time. away. Yeah, I could see them a mile that. away, maybe two. You know, I, we're, we're definitely of three different age groups here uh, talking tonight and gonna say I'm the oldest can I say that real low but the fact is I have lived a little bit longer and probably had a relationship or two a little bit more than some in the younger generation and we made it through it you know those of my era we made it through it but the problem is now we're kind of aging out because we no longer really understand the dating rules in a younger up-and-coming generation and what I see is a lot of like older guys that just want the 19 year olds you know because they just want to play and they're going through their midlife crisis or whatever and there are even women I'm going to be fair there are even women who are older and they only want the 22 year old boys because they're young and they're hot and they're fun but at the same time what Yeah, it's boosting the esteem. Okay, great. But then what? You know, you're going to die old and alone. You know? So, I say we're in the... I don't...
people think about that in turn. Yeah, you're wasting some of your best last years with that hottie. But then who's going to be there to hold your hand when you're like really older now and you just want to be comfortable and home alone with your guy, you know, making your little dinners and just spending the rest of your days together. That's not going to happen, you know. And unfortunately, we are in a society that doesn't value relationships anymore. It's um, all about money. You know, like who has the biggest cash? And believe me, I went through those times in my life when I got divorced. And I said, I was really kind of bitter and angry because I thought I had given all that I had and it wasn't good enough. And here I am now a divorced mom of two, right? In my 20s. And then I set out to destroy any man that came my way. Give me and get out give me and get out that was my whole attitude at that point and you know what that doesn't work that works for a couple years you know and you get a lot of stuff (laughs) at the same time that stuff ain't holding you back at night you know so at some point we grow up you know and we realize that we did waste some of the best years of our life um and i'm not saying that everybody wants the same thing right I mean, some of us are at a stage in our life where we still have a lot of time left, but you'll be surprised that you'll turn around one day and you'll go, wait a minute, where, where'd all that time go? I thought I had more time, you know, where I could still do what I want to do. And Mr. Right, if that's what you're looking for, eventually will be there. Well, now he's not always there. You know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not always the way it rolls out. So it's interesting. I say we're in the hit it and quit it culture. And and that's where we are. But I have a question for you ladies. And and think about this for a second before you answer. I did a episode recently and I don't know if you got a chance to hear it or not about the knight in shining armor syndrome, the knight syndrome. Um where I did it in the traditional sense where the woman is the damsel and the guy is the knight and he saves her probably from herself right <laughs> but do you feel that the men are now becoming the damsel and they're looking for the female to be the knight and to save them think about that for a second because that's what I'm thinking lately I've met quite a few in the last, say, 10 years that they just want the woman to take care of them. Oh, okay. Erica's still thinking about Um, that. Like, wait, what? Do I know one of them? (laughs) Am I dating him? (laughs) Is that my man? Is that the complication? (laughs) I think you might be right with that. There is a lot of men now who want to be... uh, wine and dine I guess you could say by a woman to work more get paid more take care of the house the, the breadwinner yeah yeah and raise the I kids I to see that a lot more often and because we, we allow that like we allow them to sit in the house and beg to keep them from going out you know what I'm saying cheating and doing what they gotta do because they we can check on them more 
if they go to work they say they go to work and they're not going well do you think that women have uh settled for the dusty you know yeah. the Settled one for less yeah yeah just so they could have say i have a man yep just to say they have it because i have a friend i have a friend like that and over the years um she was with people that in my mind i thought god you're worth so much more than this what are you doing you know and i've had a dusty or two in my life i'm not innocent i have and stuck around a little bit longer than i should have and but yet i always kept a part of me in reserve though i never fully gave in or jumped in or whatever or paid his bills and stuff like that i'm finding women today they're paying the man's bills they're paying to get his car note or fixed or i just can't even understand that but on the same coin you've got the woman on the other side who it's the traditional the man takes care of me he buys me this he does whatever he pays my rent you know that's been going on forever so that's nothing new what i find new and actually disturbing is the women taking on that masculine role like when did women get so masculine and so desperate because to me it's desperate that you are paying for everything for the guy like his rent, his food. Like society might have an impact with why the roles reverse as well because they're pushing this agenda for women to be more independent. And so women are proud to say that they are independent and can take care of their own. And then oh, the women's lib. Unfortunately, women's lib takes me all the way back to that. You may be onto something with that. Yes. Women's and, um, lib. What did they call them? Uh, when 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 women are uh, women's rights, women's uh, women's liberation. What do they call them? You know the word. There is a word. I'll think of it as we go along. But you could be right because I was reading something, and Erica, tell me if you read this, but um, where in the community. And especially, say, in the black community where someone said that to break down the family, they must get the man out of the home first. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you could say that for any community, but you could really say it for the black community where if we get the man out of the house and we put the woman on assistance, then she's got to do what we say. Does that make sense? I was, yeah. when I read this article, I was like, holy crap, it's been there the whole time. And we didn't see it. And we were really blaming the men. Like, why would you, you know, get married and have a family and everything? And then after a couple of years, you just up and out? Yeah. Well, I think mothers could be to blame too or contribute to the men feeling like, um, they should be treated, you know, in the reverse roles as well. Because now when you see women raising their children, especially um, single women, they're telling their kids, oh, you're this, you're that, don't accept this and don't accept that. They're, they're grooming their children, their sons, to be pampered by women. I hadn't thought about that, but you make a lot of well, sense. that's just my perspective based on the things that I see. 
Erica, how'd your mom raise you? Did your mom raise you to be a strong, independent woman? You don't need a man. You could do it all on your own. Like, that's the generation that we came from. Let's burn the bra and women could do anything. Then the... What is it? Yeah, we. I was raised like that, like, independent. So I was like, every time I ask a man for... Something it's like they always bring it up. So I don't even ask no more. Like if you see I need it, then you can give it because it don't get sewn back up. Like do something for somebody and they'd be like, Well, I did this for you and well, right. you don't have to do that. You did it because you wanted something. Right. right. It makes me think of Erica Badu. What's that song called Tyrone? <laughs> I love that you always got to bring your cousin, pay his way. Like she is the prime example of what I'm talking about. If you are a successful woman, do men today feel like, well, you're making your own money. Why do I need to be chivalrous? You know why? I actually went out with a guy one time that didn't even open my door because he said, I'm not your boyfriend. Um, what? He said I before he came in the picture, so he said to do it all, <laughs> even with him in the picture. So, oh my! I hope that was the last yeah. time you saw him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was. I can't. I I can't even wrap my head around it anymore. That women have, and and it's it's our parents' fault. I'm gonna put the blame where it lies. Um, Mostly our mothers. And I get it. They wanted to be independent for so long. Women have been the second class citizen. I understand where the mind fuck comes in. Where, oh, well, don't you want to do things for yourself and be independent and prove to the world that you're just as good as men? That mind psychological game that was played on our mothers came to us to where... Yeah, we, and and now I had raised my daughter to, same thing, to be independent, but also to realize that people need other people in their lives, and especially like a significant relationship, you know, because no man is an island to himself, right? So neither is a woman. I mean, we're put on this earth together. Otherwise, we'd all have our own planet and we'd just be there by ourselves. But so I don't understand how do we turn this around? Like, how do we go back and start over to get the significant people in our lives to understand? Now, I'm talking friends or relationships or whatever, because I have had friends too. speaking of friends who felt like, well, you make a whole lot more money than I do. So when we go out, like. Why wouldn't you pick up the check? And I'm talking females, you know, that are friends. And I just do it just because, you know, I I just, I don't know why. I just have always, when I'm out with some friends, I just pick up the whole check. I've done that. I have a friend like that. Like, even when we go to the grocery store anywhere, that doesn't necessarily have to be a restaurant. She want me to pick up the snack. Like, no, like, you stand you got my Mm -hmm. Pay for it sometimes, so avoid all that. I just go with her when I know she getting paid. Other than that.
go out because I'd be stuck with my deal and <laughs> Right. Why don't you just say, okay, half of the bill is blah, 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 whatever it is. Like there was a conversation I heard the other morning on the radio. I was driving somewhere and I heard them talking about, um, this very topic, like out with friends and someone just naturally, uh, picks up the bill and they order a lot of stuff knowing that the other person, the other friend is going to pay for the bill. So then what the radio personality said was, well, next time, make sure to let them order first. And then you order whatever you're going to order. And then when the waiter asked, will this be two separate bills? Say, absolutely. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so there you go. And, and that's why I'm saying sometimes friends can really take advantage of a situation. And I don't want to say people do it on purpose but i think they just get comfortable especially if, been, if you've been friends for a long time and they'll get comfortable with it and they just assume you know that you're just gonna always be the one picking it up you know but now when guys are expecting girls to pay half if not all of it but i've seen more and more guys say but i'm not your boyfriend why wouldn't you give me the half of the money uh, no, bitch. No, that ain't the way that works. You know, like, uh-uh. So, so what, what my favorite, the famous line in, in Erica's song, how does she say it when she says, uh, uh, something to the effect, like she asked him for something and you say no, but you turn around and ask me for some ass. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> turn around and ask me for some ass. So, Ain't no cheap thrill. Right, exactly. Right. I gotta gotta pay your cousin's way too. <laughs> I love her. She's fantastic, and I feel like a lot of women are getting to that point now where um, we've paid our dues, especially if we bore your children or we've been in a relationship with you for a, a number of years or whatever, a significant amount of time. Let's just say that if you haven't discovered in a shorter amount of time who your partner really is they're not going to change that won't change no matter of arguments or well you did it before i was here blah 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 uh yeah but now you are here you know it's just respect i find that we're not getting the respect that we have given many times and so when that happens, why do we stay? Why do women stay in a situation where they know it's just not going to work? Why do they stay? Why have you stayed? Be, um, comfort or insecurity. They could be too comfortable with the situation and not want to start over again. Or be alone. Or be alone. Yeah. Right. I feel the same. Like... I, I, I've even broke up and then gone back because I just didn't want to be alone. Right. But once you get past that initial hurt and then you, you let it come through and you let the anger come out and then you, uh, I remember one time I went through this absolutely horrible, horrible relationship and this person didn't deserve to be with me one iota. Right. 
And But for some reason, I loved him, and I felt sorry for him because he had a bad life and blah, blah, blah. You know, the sob stories will get us every time. And you feel sorry for him. So my son said to me one day, he said, Mom, he said, look, why don't you sit down and do the, the pros and cons chart with this guy? You know, he said, I'm pretty sure you're going to have the con side, like take over several pages and the pros might be one line. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, it was so, so it was a wake up. You know, sometimes our kids can see what we don't see. You know, I don't know if we don't want to see it or whatever the reason is, but when someone puts it in your face, just how stupid you're being, it's kind of hard to not really pay attention to that. And also when there's children involved, I can understand that to a point. Because let's face it, if a woman has children with her husband and then now they're apart, it's harder on the the spouse, which is usually the woman who has the children. Because it's 24-7. That does not end just because someone walked out the door. It ended for them, the 24-7. But it doesn't end for, say, say it's the mom who took the children. Yeah, you still got to get them up. Part of the house is gone, but they still have to keep up with the rest of the children. Erica, you have little ones? Yes. How many? How many little ones? Five. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying. You get it. I mean, you still got to get them up, get them off to school, take care of their stuff, buy them the new shoes. You got to feed them dinner every night. Like... It doesn't end until you go to bed, you know? Right. And it really doesn't end there, especially when they're sick. True. That's true. Now you're up yeah, all night with really a sick child. Because you up all night worrying about a day, okay? So it's like a 24-hour job with three hours of sleep. So how do we get our significant partners to realize that, look, things might not be all fairy tale today, but you signed up for this shit for life. Because once you have a kid with somebody, or, or two or three or five or whatever, that's for life. That doesn't mean, and, and I know that there are people who have walked away and then never saw their kid again. And that's unfortunate. In fact, I consider that a tragedy um, for both of them. For the parent that walked out and just said, I'm done. And then for the kid, because what they don't realize is the kid in their little mind A lot of times the kid or kids will take that guilt on as what did I do wrong that my parent has left and they they never see me anymore. And then the cycle begins. So now... And sometimes it can affect the kid too. It can make the kid act out as well. Right. And then when they grow up, now they're going to look for that parent uh, in their in their significant others, right? In their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. The one that walked out, they're going to look for them to try and justify and rectify the abandonment issue that they're left with. You know? I mean, you can actually still have a parent, I believe, stay, but emotionally unavailable. So that's another form of abandonment, you know? and. Yeah. We don't even realize what we're doing to our kids, you know, and some people are just cold, right? 
they they weren't taught how to love or maybe they didn't get love and so that's how they know how to love is never get too close right and now the kids going to grow up looking for that in their partners and they're going to go for the ones who are called that don't know how to love because that's what they know and the cycle continues yes and this whole thing right now that's going on with the exposure of all the pedophilia going on in the world you know it's frightening beyond all imaginable things like who can hurt a child and we're hearing more about it every single day i read something the other day and saw a video online about these children that are coming over the border and they're just putting them in these like uh foster places right and people are making money off of this believe you me and what are these people doing they're putting those kids out to prostitute themselves so they could get a check and i'm like if people only knew what was happening to these babies coming over the border they would shut that border down with their bodies i can't i can't even wrap my head around how we're allowing shit like that to go on but then you'll get your liberals over there going oh no they're just coming here for a better life oh no they were probably safer where they came from but going back to the um the friendship thing i feel like um anyone who i've had in my life you know be a friend um i feel for the most part i've been a really awesome friend you know and then when they turn out to be say a liar a cheater a backstabber not a good friend any one of the above and then some i i take it on as a personal assault you know like how could i have put myself there you know mm-hmm. or even in relationships right like right. think about the times that you dated someone or you know you were involved with somebody for some time and then it break you you break up right so now you're crying but what are we crying for all of, well, I know when I've been there, I was crying about all the flashbacks I had of the red flags that I ignored. And that's what friendships and relationships, like, you see the flags, yes. but you ignore them and try to look at things in a positive light. When you do, you should have followed your, your instincts to begin with. Right. Erica, what were you crying about? The life. Why did I get with this person? <laughs> it should have been better. Yeah. Hindsight, 2020. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I feel like um, we cry. Now, this was something I was actually thinking about yesterday, uh, thinking about this podcast coming up in relationships. And I was thinking about the breakups that I've had because, A, I can't allow anybody in my life anymore to disrespect me and I won't I just won't the moment I see a sign like you said Lala the the red flags even if it's pink I'm running (laughs) you know I will cut someone off I will drop them without a word just my phone just will never answer with me anymore and you'll get it you'll think about god what did I do man why isn't she answering my calls what it causes people to think you know like what did you do? 
why isn't she answering? She's obviously not dead. You see her online or whatever, right? I feel like I cried um, not so much for the loss of the relationships, but I cried for some, allowing someone to touch the deepest, most sacred part of my soul. And they abused it. And so I'm angry with myself. So I would cry for me, not for the loss of them or, oh God, I really want them to take me back. No, no, it was, it's, it's almost like a cleansing. Like when we cry, we're cleansing our soul, I think, from the shit that we just went through, right? And if you get a good cry out, don't you feel better? Yeah, take some of that burden off of you. Yeah, I always felt better. Like, it sucks going through it. And you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to love somebody like that again. Blah, blah, blah. No. Yeah, next week. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to love better. And I feel like with every relationship that I've ever had, that the next one was better. Maybe not the best, but it was better than the last because... I took those lessons and I started applying them to, I feel like we learn through relationships what we'll accept going forward and what we won't. We have to be accountable to ourselves first before we can be accountable for anybody else, you know? I don't like setting boundaries for ourselves. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Do you, I have a question for you. Um, the other night it was three o'clock in the morning. Do you, and I know Lala, you'll probably really resonate with this question, but, uh, I want your, I want your thoughts on it too, Erica. Um, the other night I woke up in the middle of this really, there's this guy. I don't really know him. I've never met him. I know of him. I've spoken with him many times. And I woke up with this really erotic dream about this person. I don't, I don't know how much you know about astral travel. Do you know about astral travel? I know a little bit. There's some stuff that I'm kind of scared of, but. I feel like this person and, and this is just my thoughts. I feel like this person either was dreaming about me in a, in a sexual way and I picked up on it. Um, or they know how to astral travel. And basically, Erica, what that means is that someone can, it's usually during like a dream state. Um, it's the veil. It's not in dream and it's not awake. It's that middle line and it's a very... Yes, you are in, in your higher consciousness and, but, but they say your soul, your spirit can actually leave the body for a little time. Um, because if you have ever heard of, um, like when we're sleeping, did you ever have somebody like you swear you saw somebody like in your doorway, but you can't move your whole body's frozen and you can't move and you're terrified. They call that. I had sleep paralysis that's, before, but I never had that's, anyone. That's what they call. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've seen a dark figure or two in a doorway at my old place. Nothing here. But they yes, they call that sleep paralysis. So that is the point of 
where you can supposedly astral travel like you can actually leave your body and you can travel the globe you can go around the world you can actually go see a loved one or whatever check in on them right so i feel that this individual astral traveled to me and we did some things (laughs) i was like (laughs) i was like damn why did i wake up it was so passionate and so. I know Karen can probably think we're crazy, but I've experienced <laughs> right. something like that. Um, very similar. I had a guy friend who I had a crush on, mm-hmm. and I think he had a crush on me. Too. I got a I crush. For sure. Yeah, I got a crush. But every night I would have like dreams of him, and the dreams felt so real. And I would see him in person. I would try to play it off. But he always would come up to me randomly and he would be like, I had this crazy dream of you last night. <gasps> but he never would tell me what the dream was. Wow. But I'm positive he was in that same dream I was in. He had to be. How about you, Erica? Ever have that kind of dream? No. <laughs> no? Really? You never had a crush and then dreamt about him and it felt so real. I had thoughts, but never a dream. Okay. Well, you will. Give it time. <laughs> I actually was going to text this person and go, thanks, that was good. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> just to see what, what his response would be. Like, what? Or you're welcome. <laughs> I just I just needed one little answer, either what or you're welcome. And then if it would have been you're welcome, then I would have known that he knew what was going on, right? It was just so passionate and so real. Like you could feel, you could smell, you could taste, you could touch it. You could just like the whole thing. And then, so I woke up and I was like, son of a bitch. So then I looked at the clock and it was 3.08. Now, this had to be going on at 3 a.m., right? So they say the bewitching hour is between 3 and 4 a.m., yeah, I've heard about that. You heard that one? Yeah. I thought you might have. Like, like weird shit can go on between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. It's the bewitching hour. So I was like, well, isn't that interesting, you know, that it would happen at that time? So I think I've just been single too long. So, you know. Plot twist. What if it's not really that person, but it's like some demon impersonator? <laughs> it was good. It was good. That's all I'm saying. It was really good. That's yeah. <laughs> Erica's gonna have nightmares. <laughs> That's a lifetime special. <laughs> oh no, shit! I swear to God, I was like, I gotta ask Lala about that if she knows about this astral travel because. Um, I'm, I'm not really, um, opposed to it. Um, don't know how deep it really goes, but I do know when you're falling asleep and you get that sudden jerk and then it wakes you up. I never knew the two was affiliated with each other though, but I had sleep paralysis bad as a teen and it always scared me. Like I purposely woke myself up because you couldn't move, I right? Someone was attacking me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never knew the two was linked together. Yeah. Sleep paralysis. What, what exactly the medical term for sleep paralysis is, um, night tremors, right? Well, there is a, uh, there's a physical 
heart to it, which is real. And what that means is your brain, of course, your brain never falls asleep. Your brain is working 24 seven, obviously, because your heart's still moving and blah. That means, you know, your brain never sleeps. But at that point of sleep paralysis, most of your body completely shuts down except for the essentials of breathing and blood flow. But the rest of it, you know, and your, your heart, so blood flow. But it has to do that in order to get you into the, um, the deep sleep. What do they call it? Is that okay. the, not the REM sleep. Um, is it REM sleep? There's it like, be, yeah, there's your eyes kind of like flickering around, head. flickering and watching the dream or whatever. Yeah. So you have to, I've been sleeping with this, uh, Fitbit watch on to like track everything when you're sleeping and it'll tell you when you're in light sleep, it'll tell you when you're awake, but you're like, I wasn't awake. I didn't wake up last night. Well, you are awake. You just didn't know you're awake. Maybe you got up and you just don't remember it or you awoke for like two minutes and you don't remember it. But then there's the deep sleep. There's like alpha and, you know, different different realms of sleep. So in the sleep paralysis, your body is like in the deepest part of sleep so that it can repair itself. And something has awakened you, but not fully, because during the deep sleep, you cannot wake up. It's like your body just can't do it because it's not functioning on a wake level. So you can't wake up. And so that's what scares us because our eyes might've opened and we are trying to move. And we realize at that point we can't move. You're still in that sleep paralysis. And then something at some point your brain says, look, dumbass, you're sleeping. And then you can wake up like your brain and your body has to connect together to get out of the sleep paralysis. Something like that was explained to me years ago, but it is a real thing. Okay. But usually when that happens, people have scary dreams, you know, because it's frightening. But I have seen the dark visions, you know, at that point. I just wanted to ask either one of you or both of you if there was anything in particular that you had a question about or wanted to bring up to get people thinking about something, you know. No, we could do a part two. Let's do a part two. No, not today. Not today. Definitely not. This is my second (laughs) podcast today, so I'm good. Edit that out, right? Edit what out? Uh, (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, definitely. I do some editing. Like right now, I'm going to go back and edit uh, Rodney's. Uh, You guys will like that one. We talked about some deep shit. Deep shit. And okay. Lala, I would like to get with you. I'm gonna check it out. When you go have it posted um, tomorrow? No, um, I don't think so. Because I got to edit it. Then I got to um, upload it and shit. But um, okay. I want to get together with you and talk about the Tartarians and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got to have a conversation about that for sure. Because yeah. that honestly was the first time I was really hearing about it. I heard about it once before I met you. And then you just opened it all up and I was really fascinated. So I've been doing a little bit more research on that. And um, I, I really want to ha- have that conversation because there's so I'm much going more on. i stuff about them as I'm going along too. Like, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Maybe we'll do it uh, 
for sure like um next week by next week i'd like to start doing like one a week kind of thing but ladies we'll definitely do a part two on relationships and stuff and if you have any other questions or whatever but i thank you so much for being with me tonight i'm sure my audience is just going to love this conversation maybe we helped some people out maybe we didn't regardless i've had a great time and uh, we will talk again soon Thank you, Erica. Thank you. All right, honey. Bye-bye.